Hello, 2018, and welcome back to a new OMN Coffee Shop Conversation. As always, from World Cup Coffee and Tea at Northwest 18th and Gleason, I'm Tom D'Antoni, and with me today is, and now he will always be known as, Grammy-nominated Randy Porter, pianist, composer, teacher, and Nancy King Wrangler. His album with Nancy Porter Plays Porter, on which they do songs by America's greatest songwriter, Cole Porter, is nominated along with the Portland band Portugal the Man. Did he say America's greatest songwriter? Well, you heard me. Why don't you go back and take a listen to some Cole Porter? And why don't you start with this album, as a matter of fact? Randy is a musician's musician. We hope he wins. We're homers. Beat Randy Porter. Randy, welcome to the cupping room here at uh, World Cup Coffee and Tea, our home in Northwest 18th and Gleason. I say that so they keep giving us the room. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great room. Yeah, they're good people. And the, bar- and the baristas are not arrogant. No. And the coffee's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Thank you. On the Grammy nomination. Yeah, we're super excited. How does somebody get a Grammy nomination? That is a good question. Well, I learned because two years ago, um, my good friend, Lori Enriquez, was nominated in the children's category. Uh And she kind of explained the process to me a little bit is you can become a member of the... um, N-A-R-A-S, NARAS uh-huh. Association, yeah. by, um, if you have enough, um, you know, like you have to prove that you're a musician who's selling your materials on um, either like Spotify, or not Spotify, they don't give you any money, I don't know if that matters, yeah. but anyway, iTunes and stuff like that. So you can um, prove that you're, you know, you have the cred and then, then you can become a member of the National Association of Recording Arts and Sciences and then um, once you're a member, you can... Um, submit your own album. Uh-huh. Well, I was not a member, so Lori Enriquez submitted my album with Nancy King uh-huh. for me. Uh-huh. And later, I did become a member, mm-hmm. a voting member of their group. And so um, it was submitted, and that's the first step. Yeah, yeah. And there are other steps to actually get nominated, but if uh-huh. if you want to have a record that's going to be uh, considered, you have to you know have it be submitted. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you find out that you get you, you got nominated? Well, you um once like if you submit your record, you're probably following these things and you're interested and in yeah. um yeah. but they actually announced it on a morning show I think on the East Coast. Uh-huh. I don't remember what the date was like oh, November 28th or something, but yeah. anyway, and and then immediately after that they um, publicized it, they, um, published it in, on a web page somewhere, and they showed all of the nominations. Right. And it's, you know, it's like our eyes were not, it, we, it was such a long shot, it felt, it felt kind of freaky, because you know so many great people are not getting nominated if you are getting nominated. Right. So right. we were, you know, not, I wouldn't say stunned, we kind of felt like we had a good project and all that, but we were definitely, you know, surprised. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I did the same thing, I went down the list, and I said, okay, Portugal the man, okay, that's fine, they're from Oregon, and then, wow! Yeah. <laughs> Randy and Nancy get good. Yeah, uh, I know those guys. That was amazing, that's great. Yeah. You know? so, um, so, it's still, every day, it's been a lot of Grammy, you know, the word Grammy appears in yeah. my 
daily life frequently. Well, because now you're Grammy nominated. I know it doesn't it's go away. It's the Grammy nominated Randy Porter. The G word, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor Eitzy told me that it was going to follow me around. The G word, absolutely, and, you know, and it's not yeah. a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, uh, Nancy won one. Before no, she didn't win. I think she, she was nominated with Fred Hirsch. Really, but I thought, I think I thought they Nancy won that year. Wilson won that year. Is that right? I believe so. Wow, I didn't realize yeah. I thought she won. Oh well. Then um, uh, that was a great album too. Oh, yes, yeah. yeah. Fred yeah. is amazing. He was my yeah. teacher. Is that right? So, yes, uh, back huh. at New England Conservatory years ago. Wow. And so, um, regardless, it's it's an honor to be on this one. Eleven yeah. years later, with Nancy that gets nominated. Wow. Yeah. 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 Um, so, um, um, when did the record come out? Um, 2017. Yeah. Is, yeah. It's this year. Yeah, this year. Yeah, yeah. And how long was it in the works? Uh, in the works, that's a good question. You know, these things yeah. take a while to do the art and all that stuff. Um, and I do it all myself. And uh-huh. if I start gigging, if I'm on the road or whatever, I don't have time to do whatever, you know. So, man, I'd say... When did you get the idea for it? How long have you wanted to do Cole Porter? Man, I'm terrible at knowing like, chronology <laughs> and time. I, I, I'll just say six months. Is that right? That's all? that out there. Wow. In terms of like, hey, I should do this. It sounds uh-huh. catchy. Yeah, you yeah. know, my wife, Cindy, said that she came up with the title. Which I don't remember how it happened. But uh-huh. so Porter Plays Porter yeah. was the title. That seemed easy. And then throwing in an original seemed cute. You know, it's like, oh, I can uh-huh. get away with this. I, yeah. I yeah. wrote this song. Yeah. And so um, it kind of snuck in there. Sometimes I kind of mm-hmm. wonder if the fact that the title seemed like, oh, look, Randy Porter has an original with all Cole Porter songs, if that actually helped me. You never know, you know, it sends you over the edge. Yeah, yeah. Into I, you're not related to Cole Porter, no. right? <laughs> no, other than musically, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, did you know a lot about his, his life? Well, not really. I Is feel right? kind of wow. like, you know, a poser compared to people who are great, you know, uh, students of the American, Great American Songbook. Yeah. But um, I have played his music for mm-hmm. years, and when I was in college, I was also the musical director of this show, um, called Cole, mm. and seeing it in the context of a, a musical review um, and playing the songs back to back, I always felt like, wow, this guy was amazing. He wrote the lyrics, he wrote the music, and it had a yeah. certain flavor, light and dark to it. That was, you know, there was some pain in there, but he's also kind of silly and witty. Yeah, and so yeah. Um, it stuck with me. Well, I'm sure it's because age. of how he had to live his life. Yeah, you know, so much of that. Yeah, so much. There was some pain, and there was like you know, there was like this banter and level of discussion going on that was was great, but also the stuff underneath. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which I like. I say I'm not a scholar, but I've read some. Yeah. And even though he was gay, he was married to the same woman for like forty years. Yeah, it was amazing. Seemed to have a way of making. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like it was a working relationship where he. I mean, superficially, what I understand is that it didn't seem like some kind of misery or anything. It seemed oh, like no. he was happy. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's, that's also what I've read. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, what is it about Cole Porter that, that gets to you? Okay, so um, one thing, if he didn't write any lyrics, the music would be beautiful. Uh-huh. You know, he yeah. has ways of incorporating something surprising, yet keeping you feeling comfortable enough to follow through it's not constant surprise and novelty it's you know he's got this beautiful lyrical line 
that in, usually incorporates some kind of dissonance in there that also then goes with the lyric that has the same qualities of like you're following this thought, uh-huh. but it also seems to have this bit of dissonance or yeah. pain or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like sometimes it can be a little lighthearted and, and, and silly, but then it can be deep and meaningful. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder why, I wonder where that came from. I'm not asking you. That, I'm not yeah. asking, that, that, asking you because I think you know. Yeah. Because I, I, you, you, I don't. I, you know, I, I've never read anything about really um, where that came from. Excuse me. Well, where that musically, came from because, I feel like the, you know, so much of the classical literature. It could be Chopin. I yeah. don't know who his musical yeah. heroes were, but you can mm-hmm. hear that in Chopin. You can hear these kind of like yeah. intervals and yeah. some dissonance and some beautiful functional harmony. So he may have been, a, you know, a Chopin or a Brahms fan, and he just mm-hmm. incorporated that, or a Schubert, you know, the lyric, and incorporated that quality into these um, great American, you know, these show tunes. Mm-hmm. And so that that might have been some of the musical um, seeds of where he came from. Yeah. yeah. And lyrically, I, I don't know who his people were, you know, where mm-hmm. exactly how he, how he arrived at that kind of mm-hmm. place. Are you okay with being identified with Cole Porter for the rest of your life? Uh, well, that'll be interesting if this becomes one of those moments. I hadn't thought about that. I like I'm already thinking like, oh, this is great. Work this, yeah. but like, what's next? What's next? Right. And it, it could be one of those things where, yeah, yeah, you know, people look to me for some sort of a Cole Porter right. reference. And where's the next Cole Porter album, Randy? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's enough material to definitely do yeah. more records. Yeah, absolutely. Cole Porter. That wasn't my thought, though. <laughs> Porter plays Porter Volume Nine. <laughs> so why Nancy? Why Nancy King? Well, um, it's like you just said that you've referred to her as Oregon's greatest natural resource. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, great. Yeah. She is a great natural resource, and she's a friend of mine. And I don't plan that well. I'm not a planner. I know mm-hmm. what I'm going to do far in advance. And being um, here in Portland and having Nancy as a resource is just like a, you know, I think it's a great way. I mean, I don't want to put it in not in weak terms because mm-hmm. she's so amazing. Yeah. But she's right there as well, you know. So I can, right. you know, I work right. with her at the Bijou and we do a gig and uh-huh. I say, oh, Todd Straits in town and John Wattala yeah. is coming up. Uh-huh. We should record. So um, uh-huh. it seemed like a, a natural thing. It popped in my head, and um, of course she can sing over anything. And right. So. <laughs> It wasn't a huge amount of planning. I'm guessing, I may be wrong, but I'm guessing that she didn't need a lyric sheet. (laughs) She rarely uses lyric sheets. I mean, on my song, I'm pretty sure she had one because she had to learn that. But um, I don't think I was asking her to sing songs that she didn't already know. Right. I mean, there aren't a lot of songs that she doesn't know. You know, I I have a theory about Nancy King. (laughs) I was sitting having lunch with her one time, and she told me the the Ella Fitzgerald dream story. You know that story? No. Okay, so she made this completely personal to me, right? She, she was going to kill herself. And she even had the means to kill herself next to the bed. But she fell asleep wow. instead. And Ella Fitzgerald came to her in a dream and said, No, Nancy, you can't do that. And she's like, Get me. She's right in my face telling me this, right? You can't do that. You've got, you've got too many, you have too much more to accomplish in your life. And uh, so Nancy King woke up and just went back to work. And she's like, and so, and this was like, uh, she was telling me this as a lesson to me, right? Not, not, to, not to be discouraged or something like that, right? 
And so the server walked by, and she turns to him and said, I told him, you know, it's Gerald dream. And what that told me was, that's why she's so great singing these songs a million times. The song that she, that she sung thousands of times, she can sing it and, and make it sound like it's the first time she's ever sung it. Yeah. You know? And be com- totally convincing. Yeah. You know? And, I, and I, I believe that, you know? Because you heard her tell your sto- that story. Well, because it, yeah. it was like I was the first one to ever hear it. Yeah. And when she sings, it's like, you're the first one to ever hear her sing this. And add you know? to that... She actually does change the story when she sings. She's not yeah. singing the story the same way every time. Right. She's one of the masters at changing the story. You know, um, some people can sing it the same way twice and make you feel like you're hearing it for the yeah. first time. Yeah. She's, she is changing it every time, but still yeah. keeping the uh, quality of the story at a high level. Yeah. Well, I'm sure she changed the, uh, the Ella Fitzgerald story a little bit when she told me yeah. to, but still. <laughs> By you know, now, it was, it was so yeah. completely convincing. It, yeah. And I, thought, I just thought to myself, this is what she does. Yeah. You know? Yeah, she is a good storyteller. <laughs> the times I've, you know, longer drives with her in the car, I thought, okay, you know, you're just like thinking, okay, I got to get to Eugene or yeah. I got to get to wherever <laughs> you're going. Or, and, um, yeah, it like goes by really fast because her stories are pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, what, what is it? Uh, there, okay. There's, she has more than, she has two great things going. Of course, she's a great singer yeah. and a great musician, right? Yes. Um, but again, she's, uh, she's also, um, when she sings the lyrics, it's, you believe them. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So what is it like to work with Nancy King? Yeah. To be in that, in that intimate musical relationship with her? Well, you just brought up something that is important because um, there are people out there with skills mm-hmm. that are amazing. You listen to them sing and you think, wow, that person is actually singing the changes to a fairly complex song. Yeah. And that's what Nancy King does all, you know, right. all the time. Um, but you feel like there's some sort of, you don't know what it is. You feel a certain amount of um, impressed. And after Nancy sings, you feel a higher level of impressed or a higher level of meaningness, uh, meaningfulness because she does somehow, while she's making all these, you know, she's jumping through all these hoops musically that mm-hmm. are natural for her, she's also making you feel the emotions that she's connecting at that moment, which maybe those are somewhat fluid too. Maybe she can have a different emotion on a song one day than another song. Yeah. But whatever it is that she does in that moment, it is the absolute right thing to do. Yeah. So as a person partaking in that at the same time, you feel like, and she's listening to you. So if you play a certain way, she might play your emotion because she's <laughs> just heard that being imbued and she can do that as well. Um, so she's not a one-dimensional person. I'm bringing this emotion to this song today. She's so seat of the pants in the moment that yeah, yeah. she's going to be with the drummer. She's going to be with the bass player and the piano player and everyone. The more listening, you know, the more together you guys, everybody is, you, you feel like you can make this amazing result. Uh-huh. Uh, did you record this in, in sections, or, 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 or were you all, pl- all, all playing and singing at the same time? We were playing and singing at the same time. I yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, it's kind of like uh, wildlife photography or something. You, yeah. wait, you wait for this thing to come by, and Nancy King shows up, bam, you hit the record button, and you don't know how long you have her for. And what, So, yeah, we did it. Um, it was done in a day. and um, The whole thing was done in a day? Yeah. And wow. I think there might have been... 
and there weren't a lot of takes done, and they were all complete takes, and she didn't overdub, except for possibly my song, where there might have been a lyric or something. That, yeah. And we, we had to practice my song quite a bit, because she was just learning it, and it had intervallic weird stuff. Yeah. But at the, in the end, even, you know, my song still ended up, she learned it, and now, now she has it. But yeah. all those other Cole Porter songs, yeah, she, we just had to do... Um, you know, we might have done three takes on some songs, but they were complete takes. Yeah. There, was, there, weren't, yeah. there wasn't, like, editing... Uh-huh. Or I don't think there was even any punching in on her part, which is really rare. She was isolated, uh-huh. but once we had the takes, they were done. That's really unusual, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah that's what it took to get this, everything done in a day, because if we had been stopping and starting and punching in, we yeah. wouldn't have had the time to finish it. Right. Yeah. Wow. So tell me about the other two people in the band. Well, I'll start with John. Uh-huh. Um, I've... Watala. No, Watala, yeah, sorry, John Watala, who I've known the longest. I've known him, I'll say, since like 1982 or three, or I, I'm not quite sure how long. That's a long time. Um, yeah, and um, I was introduced to him by Francis Vonick, who had John come up to the Eagle House, I think was the name of the place, in, in Humboldt County, where um, <laughs> um, I we had a gig, and I met him, and... I hadn't played with anybody who sounded so steeped in, you know, Wilbur Ware and Paul Chambers. Oh, yeah. And, and so I, I, I right away appreciated that he was farther along in his jazz maturity than I was. And, <laughs> and I didn't get to play with him that much after that, but I definitely knew the name. And then how, I don't know how many times we've had, you know, what came up after that, but um, whenever I have the chance to work with him now, I do, which includes bringing him up for projects from... From where? Alameda, California, uh-huh. East Bay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I love him. He's on all my records, I think, that I've yeah. done yeah. since Bob Magnuson was on my first trio record. But uh-huh. after that, it's all John Watala. Ah. And um, let's see, and Todd Strait. Mm-hmm. We were so lucky to have him for as long as we did. He still comes on occasion, and he's coming up for the February concert that we'll mm-hmm. do with Nancy. Where does he live now? Kansas City. Ah. Yeah. And he's very busy there, working a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Portland scene has died down a lot since, you know, a few years ago. So wasn't very busy, and the situation in his life became so that moving to Kansas City was a good move for him career-wise. And his son, his sons are there. Yeah. yeah. So he's busy there, and... We will get to see him, too, occasionally for some gigs here, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. unfortunately, he's not in the regular scene here. Yeah. But, oh, he's yeah. just a beautiful player. He, he can play s- with so much intensity at such a soft level. Uh-huh. That's, it's not easy to do, you know, right. but he's, he's right. comfortable with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, so when you're, when you're gigging here, who, who do you use? Um, I've used a few people. Uh-huh. I used to use, um, when she was playing more, Andrea Nemec. You know, uh-huh. She's a full-time teacher, so she's busy. Wow. And Jason Palmer on drums. Uh-huh. But I recently also worked with John Lakey and um, Michael Rayner. I play probably the most and love playing with um, Tom Wakeling. Oh, yeah. Um, that often is with Becky Kilgore, but sometimes in other situations, uh-huh. too. I've worked with Charlie Doggett on drums. Yeah. I mean, we do have a yeah. lot of musicians and yeah. Portland area to choose yeah. from. Yeah. So um, those are some of the ones that I, I like. That's good. Yeah, That's I'm probably good. forgetting somebody, but sorry. That's all right. That's all right. Um, so what else? Are you still teaching a lot? Yeah. Um, right now, not a lot with the Christmas break. And, right. Um, right. I teach at Lewis and Clark, so that gives me a certain amount of students there. Uh-huh. 
And yeah. so, yeah. but I also have my private students that come to my house. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. however many I have there. Is Dan Balmer still at Lewis and Clark? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. got probably the longest run going yeah. on in the music department <laughs> since he went to school there. His dad was a professor there. Oh, yes. He's a diehard pioneer. Yeah. I just saw him. Uh, David Monette had a little private concert. At his shop, because Scotty Barnhart from the Basie Band was, yeah, was, yeah. In, was in, and Dan played that played that gig with the Gary Hobbs and uh, nice. Tim Gilson. Yeah, that was really nice. I think I heard about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, what 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 piano do you have in in, in your studio? What do you what do you what is your, what do you use? Uh, yeah, sometimes I even feel guilty answering this question. Oh um, come on! Yeah, I have a nine foot concert grand Steinway. Wow! So years ago, I um, I mean I've always been a Steinway lover. And uh-huh. I thought this is a piano where you can actually make it sound like it's breathing. You like there's air involved, and you don't have to just attack it, and then it's dying. And uh-huh. so. Um, I had a smaller Steinway, but I wanted to get up to a B or something, and then I found this, the best piano I'd ever played in my life, which is ultimately the one that I have now, and I thought, I'll just mortgage out the house and put it in the studio, and it'll all work out, whatever, and the people at the Steinway store were like, sure, Randy, that sounds good, and they flipped the sign over to sold, and I was in the process of trying to get the piano, and then it the, turns out that the assistant coach of the trailblazers rick carlisle who's a piano player and he used to come to some of my gigs but he was always pretty quiet and would sit in the yeah. back he walked into the steinway store not long afterwards with cash could have bought any piano you know whatever <laughs> and, and he plays all these pianos none of them sound that good and he gets to the one that's already sold <laughs> apparently to me and who knows if i would have qualified and he says well this piano is great you know but and, and but it looks like it's a uh, somebody's buying it and they said well let me see what's going on so they tried to convince me at Steinway not to buy it because he had cash yeah. and was just ready to go. And they said, we'll fly to New York. You can pick out any piano you want. We'll put you up. And I said, no. Wow. <laughs> and then I get a call from Rick later. Um, and Rick said, hey, Randy, you're trying to buy this piano. Do you think you can make it work? I said, I don't know, but I want to try. And he said, all right, I won't buy it out from under you. Wow. And so they flew him to New York. He got to pick out a concert <laughs> Grand Steinway, which I think he uh, really likes. And I got the piano I wanted. Wow. So that's the whole story. There were various versions of the story that were not true that involved Billy Joel in some way. <laughs> I never quite wrapped my head around, but Billy Joel was not involved in the purchasing of this piano. <laughs> um, uh, of course, Steinway is, is, is the best-known name in mm-hmm. pianos, of course. But what is it about Steinways? Boy, um, that is sometimes hard to put into words but what i said before i feel like is true if you're playing music that you want to feel is vocal if you're playing a line Mm -hmm. i feel like steinway um, enables you to play the line with the dynamics and the shape needed so that it doesn't sound just like a percussion instrument Uh and it actually you feel like you're breathing air Uh it gets louder and and softer through the line that's one thing. I mean, it's a beautiful, rich tone as well. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, they can vary. You're going to definitely see some that are funky that haven't been maintained. And you, but you can't blame that on the instrument as much as the lack of maintenance. Uh-huh. So those are some of the things, I think, that yeah. separate Steinway. And there's some, you know, like Fazioli's are great pianos, uh-huh. too. But I'm a fan of the Steinway sound. Do you and know also, what? I'm a Steinway artist, which doesn't mean they give me anything to say nice things about them. It's just they just know that I'm a believer in the pianos. Well, that's that's a yeah. That, that's good. That's a good that's a good thing to be known known as. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't think it hurts. It doesn't necessarily like you know get like a whole bunch of work. Oh, he's a Steinway artist. Let's have yeah. him headline this festival or something. <laughs> 
but um, not yeah. like not like Grammy nominated. Maybe something good will come out of that. I don't know. I've heard people say, from a jazz perspective, it doesn't change your life that much. If yeah. I were an R and B artist yeah. or right. a rapper, right. you know, right. I, could, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I could maybe be looking at making a payment on my mortgage that's more than usual. <laughs> um, so, uh, I, and I, I guess you, I guess you know all the all the players in town who have Steinways. Right? Oh, I don't know. That's a good really? question. I I know. I, well, you I mean there's not there's not like a club? Yeah, I'm not a <laughs> joiner, so I uh-huh. wouldn't know. Um, yeah. That's a good question. I know with my students, I'll ask them like, "Who's got a Steinway?" And like, or, I mean, not who's got a Steinway, but what do you have? And they yeah. might tell me. Ramzambic has one. Does he? Yeah, that, yeah, I think that sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. They're not easy to get because they're expensive. You know, for just yeah. working musicians, it's unless you it's like, have. Looks like buying a Monet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so if yeah. you're an aspiring trumpet player, you're not right. going to drop gonna get, no. fifteen grand or whatever, uh, or more, or more. I don't yeah. know what. Yeah. So yeah. Well, Scotty Barnhart was in. Uh, they're making a new one for him, and they make these specially. Uh, they have all these car- carvings and yeah, designs, the jewelry. Stuff. Yeah, to like document things in your life, and you know, I guess. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that's what Winton wanted. So, so <laughs> then everybody so, else wanted it, right? Who could afford it? <laughs> I don't know how they can afford it, but all right. I mean, I can you, look at who's talking. I've got do a you, sign. Do way. you tune the piano yourself? No, I've never felt like I have <laughs> the right ability to do that. Really, I tend to I tend to hear the pitches, you know. So hearing the beats and that uh-huh. stuff is it's like I don't hear past the notes, you know. And, and like my tuners, they'll say, "Listen, how fast that's." Beating, you know, and it's uh-huh. like, okay, I think I can hear that, but <laughs> it would be way too much work for me to get a unison in uh-huh. tune, let alone uh-huh. 88, you know. But you can notes. tell when it's been tuned. Oh, yeah. I, think, I mean, in the yeah. same way probably that anybody can. Yeah. Well, no, not anybody can. Yeah. No, well, not only a, that it's been tuned, but been tuned by a, certain people. That's a fallacy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think anybody can tell to degrees. Yeah. Like a really out of tune piano. Right. And then it's like yeah. now an in tune piano. Yeah. yeah. But it's an issue of degrees. I guess the worst piano I ever heard in this town was <laughs> this when, an interesting when o- O'Connor's was downtown. That was the worst single piano I've ever heard in my life. I don't know. Is was it white? I mean, I'm always biased well, I, against I, white pianos. I don't, I don't remember. I, yeah. I, I think it was a little upright. Yeah. But uh, oh, I might have. Did they? You know, I might have played O'Connor's in. Was it? They moved southwest somewhere, like near Barber. Uh, it was no. It was it was right downtown. Oh, okay. I don't know yeah, that. Okay, right. so anyway. I never moved. I'm thinking yeah. of another place. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so I cannot say that I played that. Probably the worst pianos. What do you uh, do when you get to a gig and the piano is it's a shitty piano? Um, there are different kinds of problems. There are some where you play the action, it feels like cardboard. Oh, and man. And it's just like it, you can tell. And I've played some. I, maybe I won't name names. but um, yeah. <laughs> So I try not to injure myself because if you do a gig and there's a drummer and, you guys, and you're hitting and you, you, know, you don't know what, how much you're going to put into this, you have to be careful because it's not absorbing in the same way that you, know, you would feel if you're playing a good piano. Yeah. So I just think, okay, don't let this action screw up my, you know, yeah. whatever. You yeah. know, I don't want to get carpal yeah. tunnel because right. you, can, you can actually, right. I, f- I feel like if you have bad tech, uh, uh, bad action, I yeah. think do some damage. So I just try wow. to make sure that I'm going to play whatever feels good. And then after that, you, you know, there's like looking for the, 
stuff like that, that sounds bad and you just like figure out okay <laughs> i think you start to intuitively know where those notes are and like uh-huh. and if you if you get a note that's out of tune but it's the sharp nine of a chord it yeah. might be a cool thing to play <laughs> but if it's the third you, yeah. you know and it's not a blues with a weird feeling you know uh you don't want to play it you know it's there's things that you just maybe start to intuitively feel it's like oh i can do this funny thing on this piano because it's gonna work jeez well, that's awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you just—it's an occupational hazard yeah. nowadays. Unfortunately, I have to bring a keyboard more than I did. I people knew that I wasn't traveling with keyboards for a while. Like if it was a, yeah. if I had to bring a keyboard, I didn't yeah. want to do it because there was enough. Still, just marginally anyway, enough gigs right. where you could just show up and play. I'd rather play a bad piano than an electronic keyboard. And my keyboard wow. was a really heavy old thing that I had. Well, since then, I've gotten a light one that sounds mm-hmm. a lot better, and uh-huh. it also has internal speakers, which on a softer gig sound good. Yeah. So now I don't mind. I strap it over my shoulder. It's a Yamaha uh-huh. P115, I believe uh-huh. it's called. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, I put in their little commercial there for these electronic keyboards. <laughs> so now it's like, all right, I sh- you know, drummers have been setting up their stuff forever. I shouldn't complain so much about having to schlep a keyboard, you know? <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. But it took you a long time, huh? To come around to where I don't mind yeah. with the keyboard? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's happened in the last, you know, whatever, maybe six months or so or a year. Oh, where really? People like, that, wow. Where if I have to bring my keyboard, I don't go through this, ah, uh, I really hate yeah. bringing a keyboard. Yeah. has to really pay a lot more than the How, Do you play differently? Gig. Yeah. Um, I, I don't play the same on a keyboard that I wouldn't have. Not entirely. I mean, it doesn't feel the same as a piano right. and of course right. pianos differ but there are things that you can do on pianos because you're really hitting strings and there's wood yeah. and yeah. but um but i'm getting used to it to it and to the audience it might not feel very different uh-huh. and so that's part of what uh-huh. i need to come to terms with uh-huh. i did a tv story once on the guy who plays the organ at oaks park the oh, big wow. old theater organ and there's a delay yeah <laughs> i mean a serious delay yeah. of about a half a second. Yeah, but, but, you know, and, it, and and he plays it beautifully, and he's learned he's learned to uh, compensate. Yeah, for not being able to hear it. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> that would be really. I mean, he's but, playing probably by himself, so that's not as yeah, bad as if he's yes. playing yeah, with the yeah. drummer. Right. But yeah, that's the brain has to go way, way too many jumping through hoops it's, to do it's that. It's weird. It's really. Yeah. But he, he was great. He was great at it. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's hard. It's like having a Skype conversation or something. Yes. <laughs> Delay. <laughs> well, listen, Randy. Thank you so much. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Is there a tune? I'd like to go out on one of the tunes from the album. Is there one that you would, you could suggest? Well, the first al- the first song is uh-huh. good. Um, I concentrate on you. I think that's uh-huh. kind of uh-huh. peppy and Nancy's yeah. hits right away. It sounds she does. great. She yeah. does. Well, we'll do that. All right. Thanks thank for you. coming in. Appreciate oh, my it. My pleasure. Thanks for having and me. And we hope you win. <sighs> that would be nice. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Whenever sky. Look great to me And trouble begins to brew Whenever the winter winds become too strong I concentrate on you When fortune cries Blue.
You. 